Welcome to Screen Therapy. I'm your host, Jason Schurz. In October of 2018, I found myself in the hospital, sitting across from a psychiatrist who was telling me I had bipolar. I was sent home with a bunch of medication and laid on the couch for a week. I had my iTunes library on shuffle, trying to shake the hornet's nest from my head. Ever since I was a kid, I've been using loud music as a form of therapy. Punk rock and mental health have always been connected. This podcast looks at that connection through the lens of different guests. This is Screen Therapy. Let's not pretend the punk scene is this utopia where everyone gets along and guitars shoot peace rainbows into the crowd. Ryan Young, the person behind Off With Their Heads, a Minneapolis gruff punk band, realized after years of constant touring and violent shows that living a quote-unquote punk lifestyle was causing him more harm than good. Every night traumatized him in a different way, and along with alcohol and drug use, it inflamed an anxiety he only began to understand when he was 30. When he first discovered punk, Ryan thought it was all about people changing their surroundings for the better. Unfortunately, what he found was a scene that was ripe with alcoholism and nihilism. After more than 20 years in the punk scene, Ryan ended up forging his own path, playing music for music's sake, running a screen printing company that makes merch for like-minded bands, and striving each day for his mental health. And that's what punk rock means to me. My name is Ryan Young. I started a band almost 20 years ago called Off With Their Heads. And now we just go by the letters O-W-T-H because I'm a different person than I was back then. First time I heard punk stuff, it just sort of spoke to me as a little farm kid for some reason. And then followed that path and then wound up basically hating everything about punk. And... (laughs) realize that it's taught me what I needed to know. And now I've walked my own path and I do my own podcast about all the problems I've had. That's mostly what I focus on now. We go and play shows every now and again, but pretty much just do my weekly podcast with the current drummer in the band. So you mentioned things have changed for you and how so? How have things changed? It's interesting. uh, People change as they get older. My whole reason for starting this band was it's my band Anyone is welcome to, it's almost like a solo project, basically. That's why we've had like 30 members in this band. (laughs) (laughs) I always wanted to evolve it a lot faster than it really did. But I think that it became a punk band because I don't have any talent. (laughs) And now that's not talking shit about other punk bands. I personally was just always more into metal and country, oddly, and hip hop. I found like five punk bands that I was just like, hell yeah. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) 
Growing up in Minneapolis, you just became such a snobby dick. (laughs) I'm not anymore, really, at all. I kind of see things for what they are and appreciate everything. I'm now officially trying to look at music objectively where, oh, I see who would like that. I see why people would, or a certain type of person would really be drawn to this. Instead of the old man way of, oh, it sucks. You know, I don't like being that guy. It's okay to have an opinion, but there's no need to trash shit that just isn't for you. So you've changed your idea of playing in a band, playing music. I've realized that it's just whatever path I choose to walk. Because we've never really felt like we fit in with the stuff we were lumped into, you know? We're more into like heavy, hardcore metal and stuff like that. And uh, I've never even heard Lagwagon. <laughs> but like i feel like you get lumped in with that stuff and i'm like, like I, don't know. I don't know i understand what you're saying about the idea behind playing the music changing i guess what i'm wondering is how did that coincide with personal growth you've written a lot of songs about mental health so when i was younger all i really wanted to do was music all i wanted to do was this band and then i realized that the band actually caused me more problems mentally than it helped me with because our shows used to be very like violent people hucking bottles. And I remember one Florida trip where two days in a row, someone grabbed a baseball bat and started beating the shit out of people in the crowd. And then the next night someone took off someone's face with a bike lock all the while the chaos is pushing and hurting me and like just getting in fights with the goddamn crowd. And like that caused me this weird PTSD of for years of like, man, what's tonight going to be like, am I going to lose my teeth? I was just like, man, fuck this. (laughs) I hate this. I just want to play music, but it caused me this crazy anxiety that to this day, I still have. I don't ever want to take my guitar off and throw it at the wall again and leave a venue in the middle of a set. I remember I did that once and someone's like, what? It's a punk show. And I turned and I was like, do you want to see a punk show? Cause I don't think you do. I hate that aspect of this. Like I hate that the thing that I was drawn to was there's this community of people who are like changing their immediate surroundings. If you don't grow up and you don't adapt to real life and really change your surroundings, it seems like most of these people took the path of just alcoholism and they're, they're just shitty and, for lack of a better term, just fucking loser dickheads. And that's what I hate about punk now. It's just, I don't like the whole idea of being a wasteoid piece of shit, even though I was through most of my 20s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until I had a complete breakdown and got kicked out of my house, had to go into therapy. And that is when I learned what anxiety was at the tender age of 30 years old. <laughs> Having that breakdown... What was going on in your life at that time? It's just what I wanted to do. Had a death wish, basically. And I was like, well, if I'm going to die, I might as well go out and do this. Something like nine to ten months a year, eight years straight. And I think that's part of the reason why this band became slightly successful was that death wish. Because anyone with any common sense would have stopped a long time ago. God, I remember we were on tour with the Flatliners. And what happened was I was super hooked on all kinds of drugs and pills, all kinds of booze, like mixing it all together, dying almost every night. But we had to go into Canada and then I had to leave all that stuff. And I just had my first experience with withdrawals and went completely crazy. 
and had to be like, I got to go home and get my shit together. So that was the beginning of the first rock bottom. Turns out you can go a little lower, but that kind of got me on the path to dealing with things in a slightly more positive way than a handful of pills. Are you willing to talk about going lower? I mean, (laughs) I'm an open book as far as that goes. The thing is, is when, and I've learned this because I've maintained therapy sessions with someone that I came to really, really trust and respect, which is obviously important when you're seeking any kind of talk therapy. A lot of people, when they seek help like that, they just want it to be fixed. But if you have, like you had said, like a bipolar diagnosis, you realize that it's an entire lifetime of managing it as opposed to it being, whoop, I'm magically cured. It doesn't work like that. I wish it did, but it doesn't. So learning that life is going to nonstop take swings at you, you need to learn how to roll with the punches, duck some punches, and just flat out take some punches. And that has helped me realize even two weeks ago, I was like, I've never felt worse than I do right now. Never. And you think it can't get any lower. And then sometimes it does. And kind of acknowledging that makes it bounce back a little better. I don't believe that there's a magic pill you can take. In fact, for the first time was seeing a psychiatrist to dial in medicine. I guess this is a good thing to share is like, I didn't trust her. I don't know what the system's like up there, but down here, it's real weird. The psychiatrist wants to see you for like six minutes. Yeah. Within that six minutes, she goes, oh, well, you're definitely are on the spectrum of bipolar. And I was like, how the hell could you possibly know that right now? (laughs) You know what I mean? And then put me on this medicine that made me go crazy. And, And now because of that, I'm off everything. Not because I don't think I need it, but because I'm like, okay, I need a fresh start. And weirdly, now I feel great. I was diagnosed in 12 minutes. Really? If someone comes in to the hospital and is manic, the psychiatrist knows right away, this is mania, this is bipolar. There's other mania as well, other different diagnoses. But if you're showing the signs of mania, and they pretty much know right away. But the problem is most folks go in when they're depressed, and depression can look very many different ways. So... For them to diagnose that fast, you really have to come in in a really tough state. If you're coming in like, you know, I'm having these issues and you're not full on manic, there's no way they can diagnose you in 12 minutes. I think a lot of people do this when they try and seek help for stuff. They're not used to being open. Put a little sugar on it. Yeah. Not a lie, but a little white lie. Or you make it sound less severe than it is. Yeah. And it took me six months to be comfortable enough to go into my actual talk therapist and be very honest about it. Yeah. You really have to be a science experiment for a little while. If you're going to go the medication route, you're going to burn through different meds before you get a good fit. I mean, you could be lucky and get a great fit on the first med, but pretty rare. Yeah. People, they lose patience. They get upset. They get have these horrible side effects. You know, forget this. I'm not going to take meds because I'm feeling worse. Some of them as make you go suicidal. Like, who wants that? I've been on a few of them, and the first couple were made things way worse. My sister is actually works in a psychiatric floor of the hospital, and she said that 
she can't help figure out what's wrong with me because she's like, I only see people when they're at their absolute worst. Yeah. I don't see the functioning people. If you're not coming into the hospital, if you're just like, hmm, I don't feel right today mentally. You know what I mean? You go when you're in trouble. She said that because I had decided that I didn't like the psychiatrist, she's like, stop, then just stop. There's no point. And whether I'm right or wrong, who knows? People make the mistake of, well, first of all, like you said, feeling they can get it fixed, which is not a thing. I run a support group for bipolar folks, and there's over 300 people on the list. We get 20, 25 per week. But they all have different stories about drugs, different stories about therapy. We think, okay, bipolar is this thing that people have, and this is what it is. And it's a spectrum, like you said, and every person reacts differently to the meds and to the therapy. And I could take a med that would be completely different, could make me go suicidal, and could make you feel totally stable. So it's just so multifaceted. Yeah. And that to me is why it's so odd that they, <laughs> I mean, I know that they have to try some things, but I think that the issue that I had had with the woman that I was talking to is after the first med, I said I had side effects. She put her hand on her mouth and goes, well, I'm stumped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the first try. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you got to be able to trust the people that are rewiring your brain, you know? <laughs> Let's go back to the beginning of the band. You know, you talked about how basically it sounds like back then the band was kind of fueling a lot of the mental health stuff. Take me back to the beginning of the band and how things were at that point. That had to be the absolute worst part of it. <laughs> it was uh, 2003, I believe is when it's, yeah. Wow. But, you know, I was so excited and like young and in my early 20s and moving into the punk house and just chaos just literal fireballs flying through the house i remember someone just getting thrown through a window while i was sitting on the couch just that kind of lifestyle of living on our own and right around then was the first time that someone close to me had died like in my family so that was the beginning of uh trying to mask how that affected me with all kinds of any kind of drugs alcohol we could get our hands on the band was never really an outlet so much as like, quick, let's write these songs. Let's do that so that we can get on the road and avoid everything. <laughs> and I always thought that that was kind of funny. Do other bands do that? Where they just write a bunch of songs that they thought were just kind of stupid and use that as a tool to travel? Maybe they do, but that's definitely what I was up to. <laughs> and then a lot of the songs earlier were lashing out songs oh yeah i hate the world kind of songs and then later on a lot more contemplative a lot more looking at lack of self-compassion and sabotaging yourself and this idea that you're going to get angry and sad and it's going to be a way that you kind of fuel your songs so where that switch was between like rah 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 everything sucks to like i suck you know and i'm working on it trying to be better <laughs> that's a good way to put it <laughs> it's growing up right you either as i said you walk down the path of just putting gasoline on the fire or you have that wake-up call where you're like okay what's going on here i guess it's really just that last record where i was finally looking at oh you're the problem <laughs> you're definitely the problem and that's what it is it's just living life a little bit i never really had any help from 
family on dealing with any of this stuff. If anything, they were kind of more the cause of a lot of it and not very helpful. I never want to blame my shit on other people or, or anyone else, but certainly when your therapist who is a social worker says, oh, I definitely would have removed you from your home. <laughs> Through like just all that self-reflection, it realized I allowed myself to be like, somewhere in there, there's a good heart. Why don't you try and uh, push that to the front of the row? You know what I mean? Instead, instead of just, like you said, rah, rah, fuck all this. This gets tiring after a while. Being so goddamn negative. <laughs> My version of positive is probably vastly different than anyone else's, but the first time a cat goes outside, they, they get like two feet and they're like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable, but this is awesome. That's where I'm at musically right now. What do you get out of writing music now that was different than what you used to get out of it when you first started? Is it therapeutic now? Are you finding that it's helping you in some way? instead of write these three chord songs that are ridiculous that was our mentality and then the songs themselves we would always have mumble lyrics and like joke around on that hospitals record and then i would just get all fucked up and write incredibly sad lyrics and then bring them to the band they're like what the fuck what are you doing but now what's keeping me even remotely interested in doing music is not giving a shit at all about a standard we have to fit to or what the song's about, or the style of it. Just getting in that room with my friends and seeing what happens. How did it feel finding out about anxiety and how it affected your life? You mentioned 30 years old. Such an eye-opening, like everything just all of a sudden clicked and made sense. It, it, it didn't get better right away, but learning the actual definition of, oh, well, that's what that is. When you walk into a room and you're afraid or you feel like, oh shit, everyone's looking at me. Everyone thinks I'm gonna, like, they're not. And that's just you inside your own head. Having like panic attacks from that and uh, feeling like you're having a heart attack, not going places. I let anxiety pretty much destroy me for a long time. And now I don't feel like I'm that anxious. Something happened to me where I was just like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> and I don't know, like it's real or not, but. I guess I don't do a lot of the things that I used to. I don't really go out too much anymore because I'm just busy doing all this stuff and working. And I found that I like this cat more than most things. So <laughs> I've stopped partaking in a scene of people in music that I feel like hinders personal growth. That's not to say that everyone's like that, but I don't find sitting at a bar and like talking shit about music and new music with these people who are just unhappy themselves. That's not really what I want to do. So I focus more on, like I said, that podcast that we do or building my business, which I started with nothing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Furthering myself and my, my own little circle as best I can. I find that more important than being part of any sort of music scene at this point. When you pick up your guitar now to play music, where are you when you do that? What kind of a state are you in? Are you feeling frustrated or are you feeling stoked or feeling like you need to work through something or all, all the above? A little bit of everything. And honestly, I don't even pick up my guitar very often. What I do is I just think of things in my head. 
if somehow my phone memos got out, it would be the funniest thing in the world for someone. <laughs> like some sort of... <laughs> and I don't even know what the hell I was thinking half the time when I listened back to those, but that's usually how I write stuff is just by humming it out. And then when I go into a space, like a rehearsal room, then I'll just turn up real loud and listen to that and see if I can come up with something. But it's very rarely I'll sit here with a focused, like, oh, I've got an idea. Every time I try and write something, I forget how. <laughs> I don't have a system. I don't, it just happens. So the band had a really horrible thing happen in Vancouver a few years ago. I'm an accident where a woman was pulled behind the, the van. And I know you weren't there yourself when it happened, but how are you feeling about that? What's been your process for it? Can you tell me a bit about your emotions around it? It was a horrible thing. It was a very terrible thing to deal with. And it was terrifying for everybody involved. Working through that was difficult for me. I can't imagine for the guy that was driving. And then on top of that, we got a firsthand lesson in people jumping to conclusions because of misleading news reports and things like that. And it all hit at once. I mean, it, we lost friendships. We lost a lot of time. And that girl, I mean, lost the most. It's the whole thing is terrible. Of course, I'm horribly affected by that. Not near how that affected anyone else. Like I said, I wasn't there. I didn't know what happened. And I was, it was shocking. It's traumatic. That's when I learned the term trauma was that night. Everybody involved with that is traumatized now on some level or another. I just don't know what to say. It was so terrible. And um, it's just such a bummer that it was painted the way it was to create a villain in the situation when there really wasn't a villain. How close did it come to ending the band over that? I would imagine there was some discussion around what do we do next? Yeah, I mean, we didn't do anything. We all went home. And we just sat and talked about it. It made me be, uh, once again, I, I need to do this band. If I'm going to do it, I need to do it. Start from scratch again. It opened up so many old wounds and I'm not happy about any of it, but it was just real fucked up, man. And so unfair for a young girl to go through that. And like I said, I don't like talking about this because I wasn't there. And it's hard to, because like the entire thing destroyed relationships too. Like I haven't talked to the guy who was involved in that. You must feel good about going out though, playing some shows and. It was difficult. It was difficult at first to pick up after that. It was scary. And getting back on stage after dealing with that anxiety of just death threats nonstop from, but I haven't thought about that in a while, which I guess is sort of progress. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Do you feel like punk rock? And I know that's a little bit of an ambiguous term right now, but do you feel like punk rock uh, still is your therapy after all these years? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes the whole podcast. <laughs> it doesn't even mean anything to me. Any Like it, it, there's no definition to it. The one thing that I do like about punk is the fact that it can be anything. I'm more the school of the Melvins than I am what people would think we are. 
I've never respected a band more that just sort of walks their own path and they're weird and they're grouchy and they're lifers. That's what I'm into. And perhaps that's where I find my own little bit of therapy is being like, fuck it, do what you want. Be a good person, do what you want. That was my conversation with Ryan Young of Off With Their Heads, anxiousandangry.com. I now have a Tee Public store where you can buy Scream Therapy merch. So head over to ScreamTherapyHQ.com and crush two birds with one stone. Support the podcast and get some fancy new duds. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Scream Therapy. I'm coming to you from Powell River, a small coastal town in British Columbia, Canada, on the traditional territory of the Klohomin Nation. Doing this podcast and talking to other folks living with mental health challenges has been a huge part of my journey. It means the world to me that you're out there listening. You can sign up for my newsletter and find more episodes at ScreamTherapyHQ.com. That's ScreamTherapyHQ.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Let's talk punk and mental health. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, take care and be well. Be well.